you know, the human population is hella diverse. And a lot of people either either are seeking out something that looks like them or, you know, speaks to them, or they weren't seeking it until they find it. And then they're like, oh shit, that's hot. Oh shit, that's the first time I've seen this. Oh shit, this is the first time that I saw myself on screen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. And I'm Lotus Lane, and you can find me on all social media at It's Lotus Lane, which is spelled I-T-S-L-O-T-U-S-L-A-I-N. Also, just a reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast on Apple, to please leave us a five-star review. That really helps us grow on the podcast and better share the information with our guests on the sex work community as a whole. This segment of today's episode is sponsored by Sex.com, one of the absolute best content creator platforms out there. It looks better than any other, has a higher level of security than any other, and boasts over 3 million unique visitors a day scrolling through viral looped adult short form videos. Sex.com is like, well, (laughs) sex itself. A lot of people do it. Some just do it much, much better than the others. Sex.com. If you're going to do it, do it right. Welcome everyone back to On the Horizon podcast. I'm Melrose Michaels with my beautiful host, Lotus Lane, joining us. And today we have a super special guest, a return guest to the podcast, uh, Trip Richards. Welcome, Trip. For those who are a little less familiar with you, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am Trip Richards, aka Triple X Trans Man, all over the internet. Um, I am an adult content creator. I've been doing that for almost nine years now. Um, also an educator, activist, on sex worker, and transgender-related issues. Absolutely. You, the work you do is so good, and I love following you on Twitter. You're like one of my top favorite Twitter followers, you and a couple yeah. handful of others. <laughs> um, so one of the things I wanted to, or why you came to mind, I guess, for this episode was because of your story that I had kind of heard in the other season about how you transitioned in front of the camera, which is so unique and rarely happens. So I was wondering if you could tell your story a little bit. Sure. So as I mentioned, I've been doing adult content for basically nine years. Um, I transitioned seven years ago. So if we do the math, some of my, you know, early time in sex work was pre-transition. I was presenting very feminine. Um, To be honest, at the time, I was not sure what my identity was. Sex work was a big piece of sorting that out, figuring out who I was, um, gaining the confidence to pursue that, and then also literally just funding it. Um, Sex work was integral to all of those parts. So when I started transitioning medically, you know, taking testosterone, getting top surgery, I had been doing adult content like two years. At that point, I had really no plans to continue or to resume. Um, you know, I thought that was just like a chapter of my life. It was interesting. I got some good stories. And then shortly thereafter, for a series of reasons, but definitely economically driven, I went back to sex work now as a very different person filling a very different niche presenting in a very different way and asking to be seen in a very different way. 
Yeah, that that's so crazy to think about. Like, how did because when you're in sex work, especially you you meet lots of different kinds of people, right? You're like you're in this beautiful community of all of these different sorts of people from different backgrounds and different places. Did you feel like because you said sex work helped you sort that out? Could you speak to that and like how that came to be? So everything that I'm talking about here with, you know, that that journey and transition that I was doing on camera, with hindsight, I realized quite how climactic and um, unusual that was. At the time, I didn't even realize the magnitude. Like I had actually very little community in those early years. I felt like I was just trying to figure things out on my own, very isolated, very singular. Um, so it's really only with the benefit of now that I'm like, oh, wow, that was actually like a really unusual process. Um, so what I was, to answer your question, though, what I was figuring out was less a community of sex work um, and other sex workers, but figuring out how viewers are seeing. And that that was the key element of like, okay, when I'm being seen as a woman, this is feeling uncomfortable. Let me you know tease that apart and say like, is it a domination submission thing? And it wasn't because I actually work as a dominatrix. So I was very much in positions of control. And I was like, so, so it's not about that. Um, you know, what is it? And I, and I really spent those first two years doing a lot of both on camera or, you know, sex work focused, um, as well as just behind the scenes, you know, in my own life, trying to figure out like, what are these feelings that are coming up and what should I do with them? Oh man. I, I have so many questions. I don't understand. Do <laughs> you think that you would have found yourself trip Richards, the trans man, had you not entered into sex work? Helped you inform and find yourself in a way? Um, yeah. Well, because that is really interesting to me. Starting out, you know, in, in the you know feminine performance aspect, and then. Mm-hmm deciding to keep going as trip like but do you think that if you had would trip come out the way he is no that is such a good question i have tried to sort that out for myself also and you know you can't run things twice so it's really hard to say um but i do i feel like i feel like there's two parts to that one is that as a trans person my personal like self-concept of being trans is to say that eventually we will come out eventually we will become who we are or at least recognize who we should be mm-hmm. yeah but to be fair i don't think i would have gotten to quite this form without sex work because most of my gender and sexuality related experiences in my life have been through the context of sex work i've had very few non non-work partners very few non-work experiences even to this day um so i think that that who you see now which is both trip as the performer but also me as the you know embodied human being i i can't separate those like those are those are one in the same which means if you take out the sex work part i wouldn't be me yeah yeah i love that you said that because i i had this conversation very recently um with a group of friends who are like they don't really identify as sex workers but they're only fans creators so it's kind of this middle ground and and that's fine um but we were talking about our identities and like how we identify as people and then, and in what order? Because like for me, sex work is a very big part of my identity. Like totally. I've done this over a decade. Like you can't say the word sex worker and I have my ears turned. Like what are you about, <laughs> about to come out of your mouth? <laughs> like yep. it's a trigger. <laughs> um, but I also it's second to me in terms of my identity, how I would align it. Because I I 
really identify as an entrepreneur that's been in my blood. I've, I've My first business was launched at 11 years old. Like that is my DNA and sex workers right below that. And then weirdly, like wife, daughter, like, <laughs> like a not order and my husband's on board. So it's fine. But um, yeah, I was going to ask too, because like, it's very hard for me to separate sex work out of an identity. So I'm sure th- I want to know if that's, I guess, your experience too. Well, I actually love what you're saying. We're like entrepreneurs, number one, because for me, artist is number one. Um, I first started my first business when I was 10 and it was hand weaving, so arts, fiber arts, which I actually still do now or have returned to recently. Um, so, you know, when people who are like civilians ask me what I do, I usually don't feel like going into, you know, all the details. I'm just like, I'm an artist. Yeah. And, you know, I have an easy cover story. It is accurate to me. Porn is art. Mm-hmm. You know, fundamentally at the end of the day so so i feel like my both socially acceptable and like deep core identity is artist number one sex worker number two because that's what i spend most of my time doing yeah. how the world knows me and then yeah number three is like everything else. <laughs> i love that so something you had said to me before this is really another standout reason why i knew you could speak to this topic is that there's this idea that, you know, only society or socially acceptable things are seen in porn. And a lot of people feel isolated by the pornography that they come across. And a lot of that myth, you know, porn tightens to reflect society and the values and the algorithms that feed, you know, all of the viewers and such, et cetera. But I remember you saying something that's that where you, you had told me before that you found a sense of community in porn. Could you tell us a little bit about that? So we're using, to start with, we're using the word porn as if it was a monolith, and it's not. Yeah. Like, you and I know that. Not everybody recognizes that. You know, I hear people talk about porn, and they're really, really using that word for so many different concepts, so many different types of media, or even at the most basic, is this like mainstream studio versus like amateur content that I'm making and, you know, a lot of people are making. So I, I'm always hesitant to answer questions that use that word as like a single singular term because it's not. Yeah. Um, but with that said, with that caveat in place at least, uh, for me, I have found so much of a sense of community both within other sex workers, amongst other sex workers, and with viewers. And I hear the same from my viewership that by me existing, they now have a community, they now have a circle that reflects them. Um, and I, I, I think that's why I get so frustrated, obviously not you guys, but like when people out there in the world talk about, you know, oh, porn damaged their self-esteem or porn only showed them one type of bodies or one type of vulvas. I'm like, what 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 porn were you watching? Because yeah. I see such a spectrum of all of those things yeah. and I create such a spectrum of all of those things just personally. Uh, so it's kind of like if you're not seeing the diversity that you want, you're looking in the wrong place. Do you think that you were connected to uh, like a queer trans community before getting into sex work? Like not at all. Yeah. So you definitely did. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really, I really felt like I was the, the only one of anything. Like, I mean, I knew objectively that I wasn't, but it really felt isolating until I got like, not just starting this business, but like deep. Yeah. I would, do you say, think that's even more so because you're a trans man as compared to trans women, which seem to be more in the forefront, especially in mainstream porn, mm-hmm. integration of trans porn. But I mean, you and I both see and know that that 
does not necessarily include transmit. No, I mean, I'm I'm hesitant to glorify anyone's circumstances because trans female representation in media in general, including porn, is also hella problematic in a lot yeah. of places. So I'm I'm hesitant to be like, you know, oh, you know, woe is me because I'm a trans man. But the reality is, at least when I started, there was like almost nobody out there who looked like me, did the stuff I did, presented the way I presented. Um, I mean, visibility is a double-edged sword. I feel like there was a, there was a certain freedom, safety to kind of flying under the radar. And now it's like trans issues for men, women, non-binary. Everybody is like in the media every day, in the forefront of political conversations. And there, uh, there's definitely a part of me that's like, I miss the days when nobody knew what I was, nobody discussed what I was. Um, and I wasn't like, I collectively, you know, as a trans person was not, was not like at the center of all of these debates over our existence. Um, but speaking, speaking specifically to like the sex work world, the porn world, yeah, I, you know, I still find myself on sites where, you know, I sign up for an account on some new site and, uh, you know, I put in my gender identity, but that I want to be showing you a male category, but I'm trans and they like auto assign um, like a profile graphic until you, you know, input your, your profile. And the last one I did was a very voluptuous, what was clearly a silhouette of a very voluptuous woman with a very large penis was just the default trans wow. image. And I was yeah. like, oh, like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I noticed that in, in, I guess, an attempt to be inclusive, they're still being exclusive out there because, yeah, I noticed that too, that the idea of trans generally tends to just be the, oh, okay, big boobs, big dick, obviously. Uh, right. Um, I think that, that that's unfair because it puts a lot on your shoulders is what it sounds like. Like you have to explain a lot uh, now as opposed yeah. to. Yeah. I, I, and, and while I do feel like trans people are much more in unfortunate ways in the kind of political and social conversations these days in the porn world, I th still think that there's a, like a lot of invisibility because still to this day, having performed as a trans guy for you know, seven years, every freaking day, I still get the messages or comments of like, what are you? never seen that before why does that guy have a pussy you know it's still like every freaking day and i just want to be like guys you have an internet access yeah. clearly because you're watching my board it's 2022 like google it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you know that's that's one of those things where i feel like um all trans models myself included carry this very additional weight in addition to all of the the challenges and you know wonderful wonderful situations of being a sex worker we also have to do this like level of explaining, this level of education, this level of basically curating our bodies to make them acceptable to the audience, accept accessible to the audience of of like, I not only have to be there and be sexy and be a performer, but also have to, through my words, through my body, through my description, say, this is what you're seeing. Let me hold your hand and bring you along with this. Yeah. It's such a burden. Like, just to do like extra labor for everyone that doesn't want to educate themselves. Um, you know how much I love doing emotional labor for people. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And then the therapy, I'm sure you provide it on top of it for everyone's mm. problems. <laughs> well, I mean, of course. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to sound like so down at all because honestly, like who I am is, you know, inextricable from the sex work. And I feel so much like pride joy success through what i do 
but it's also like, oh, I guess such a constant uphill battle. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, so I was wondering, because this is something else that I've heard said um, in conversations around sex work, is that, you know, there isn't a, a, I guess, a great landscape for trans creators or people that don't look like the average, like, skinny, white, you know, perfect cookie cutter girl next door creators to succeed. But then, and while obviously it's not an easy place to succeed because that is what is, you know, most desired in the algorithms and in the searches and all of these things. Um, I wanted to know if you could speak to your success in the industry and like what you found has worked and what challenges you faced. Well, I mean, I'm obviously a niche content creator. I'm a niche interest. I'll never have as big an audience as, you know, somebody who is the mainstream body in, you know, gender, sexual orientation, physique, everything. Um, but personally, I think there's a lot of room for like a lot of people in sex work. I, 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 you know, I'm always trying to get out of that old mindset of the studios don't think it will sell, so they don't create it. Therefore, viewers don't know it exists and don't know they're attracted to it. I'm like, let me make stuff. Let me put myself, my body out there and, you know, everybody else who I work with who's doing the same kind of content. Let me put it out there. Let me just toss it out into the world, see what happens, see what sticks. And my experience, at least, is to say that um, the desires of the actual marketplace are way broader than we've been told that they should be or would be, um, which is not to say that there's not, you know, all those additional challenges of transness where, where we add in, you know, factors of race, of ability. Um, you know, it's just like there's there's such a multi or body size is another big one that I'm in conversations about. You know, yes, yes, it is an additional layer of challenge, but we we as performers also reflect what is out there. And, you know, the human population is a hell of diverse. Yeah. And a lot of people either either are seeking out something that looks like them or, you know, speaks to them, or they weren't seeking it until they find it. And then they're like, oh, shit, that's hot. Oh, shit, that's the first time I've seen this. Oh, shit, this is the first time that I saw myself on screen. Yeah. So I, yeah. I love that. I love that you said that. Did you have any experiences like that? Because, like, sometimes when... When I'm like, you know, searching porn or kind of even just in my daily work when you're coming across porn, like on the Twitter feed and everything like that, I'll come just across that. Work day. Yeah, you know, just scrolling <laughs> through social, um, secretly hiding my screen. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I'll come across something. I'm like, oof, oof, I didn't know. I didn't know. I like that. And I like that. <laughs> Same. I mean, to this day, which is kind of amazing for like being being so immersed in this world. And yet I think our tastes and interests and the things that catch our eyes are still evolving because that's very natural part of the like human sexual experience is a certain degree of fluidity and your know, shifting interests and building interests, uh, which makes me honestly very hopeful that, you know, whenever people ask me, you know, somebody who's not a performer yet or just getting started, they're like, Trip, is there, you know, is there room for me? Is there a market for me? Is there a space for me? And I'm like, yeah, like by definition, there is. You know, there it's a big pie out there, and I don't think anybody's really quite gone to the margins yet. Yeah, I love that you said that you don't think that anyone's quite gone into the margins because a lot of people feel like we're like at the margins right now. Well, um, you're right. Like, there, humanity is just so varied and so unique, and we don't we don't make space for that, and we are slowly starting to. 
and yeah. recognize that humans do come in so many different forms and are allowed to be attracted to those different forms and it's totally. not embarrassing and shameful um to be attracted to different forms and to put yourself out there and i i really love that you empower other people to ask you if there is a space for them here because i've had similar conversations with other women as well that think oh they can't even sell a foot video or something because maybe they don't have perfect feet and i'm like homegirl maybe that's what you're gonna make you sell like, right your feet are perfect for someone yeah the, the <laughs> fact that like, those look that means people like we sometimes nitpick ourselves for those but in the eye of the beholder um that is what is making us unique and beautiful and scattered out against the crowd where everyone else does look look the same and, and people get bored consumers exactly. different want something new um want something that challenges their taste and I, I love that that this is a reality now where there's so much more to choose from so many more options and totally and that's such a continuing conversation that i end up finding myself in with people um or you know seeing their comments about me and stuff is is that continuing uh you know, continuing theme of i didn't know i was into this you know yeah. literally from the very first time that i logged a webcam presenting mail through today that is the continual comment response of like, oh, thanks for opening my eyes. Oh, I didn't know this was here. Or I didn't know I was into it. And the fact that this number of years later, with all the growth in the industry, all the growth in the world in those years, that people are still having that very common reaction of, I have learned something new about myself. Like their sexuality has grown in some way through this interaction with media. That's what makes me say like, we have it run out to the edges. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because I remember having that conversation before like the COVID era about like, oh, it's oversaturated. Oh, like, especially in the, because I was more on the webcam space at that time too. But it was like, oh, or actually I was getting into premium Snapchat. I think that was a conversation was like, oh, there's everyone's on premium Snapchat. Like, don't start that. Like, it's too saturated. And then only like COVID happened, only fans boom. Now there's a gazillion more creators and like, a lot of success stories. So it's funny because yeah. I even get it on the flip side with like my work with Sex Work CEO where they're like, well, why are you giving away all the secrets? Like, aren't you worried about competition? I'm like, no, like not everyone thinks I'm pretty. No, not everyone wants to see me naked. <laughs> like there's room for everyone. Everyone's somebody else's cup of tea. Like you can't live in that space. And also like, I don't, I don't have that competitive nature towards models because yeah. like, I want to see everyone succeed. Like, God yeah, that's when I get so frustrated, the kind of exclusionary attitudes within the sex work community, yeah. people who are acting you know, as if they have the trade secrets or, you know, this is this is my state secret of how I, you know, how I get successful, how I grow my business. I'm like, first of all, you cannot extrapolate that to other people directly. You know, you can't give them exactly your formula and yeah. expect it to work for them anyway. Yeah. And even if it were to work for them, great, they'll have a slightly different audience than you yeah. or maybe heaven forbid their viewers will buy two OnlyFans subscriptions and it's yeah. kind of both of you. It's like right. not a finite play. Yeah. Yeah. We we know that there's not, it's not a finite play because that's the same mentality that studios had gotten themselves exactly. thinking. And then once the OnlyFans boom took off and so many different creators, especially the non-traditional looking creators are the ones that seem to make a lot more money because there is an access to people that look like them all over the internet. Mm -hmm. so, um, I really think that that's great that you you keep reiterating that we are the margins because I think some people get down on themselves. So, well, I didn't catch the first wave of OnlyFans, so yeah. I guess it's over for me now. But 
I mean, beyond that, I mean, you can really have an impact on on the people out there that probably didn't see themselves as desirable before. Totally. And I, you know, I've been part of those kind of conversations over the years. And, you know, not everybody who thinks that they want to do sex work knows what it actually entails, knows yeah. the difficulties of it, knows the the downsides and compromises in their life as a result. So I'm always like, go into this with your eyes open. But the thing that you don't need to worry about, you know, this hypothetical model, the thing you don't need to worry about is whether there is a potential audience for you. You know, it's it's much more like, can your personal life and relationships handle this? Do you Do you want the hustle, the consistency of that? I think those are things people should ask themselves, you know, even considering getting into this industry. But it's not, do I have a chance of success? Because I would say, yes, of course you do. Those other things, you know, those other factors are what makes you succeed or not. Yeah. But it's not your body. Like your body is not the, the impediment to success. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that just gave me a flashback. I remember actually having those thoughts when I first, 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 yeah. like, my first professional pictures with the photographer I asked him I was like do you think I'll actually like have any success with me <laughs> he's like yeah and you're right it wasn't necessarily the way I looked even though as a black woman that's what I was the I was like oh I'm entering in this industry like on the you know as a underdog um but it was more of the toll that it was taking on like yeah personal relationships the strain there how is it going to deal with that mm-hmm. uh the fluctuation of income because mm-hmm. regular you make yeah. every save amount every month um yeah those were the things that i think that really um made a, a big difference but yeah uh, i think people focus a little bit too much on like how they look in deciding whether to go into the industry or not when they should be thinking about those other things because those are those are legit challenges this industry but yeah. people probably because we live in a society that there's so much shame about bodies especially sexualized bodies and like you know say as a black woman or me as a trans guy like People have people put so much on us and we internalize so much that makes us feel completely undesirable, unfuckable. And then it's like those are the things that we think are going to hold us back. Yeah. I think that's interesting because in with another conversation with another guest, it was realizing that the conversations and that mind frame of outside society kind of gave us these insecurities coming into the industry. And then once we got here, and actually getting the response that we get from many different types of fans, let us really realize how we're viewed and what, and we don't need to have all these insecurities and doubts on ourselves because we're pretty badass. I mean, you know, like, exactly. <laughs> like, we're all complexy people here and aren't all right. So it's just how outside world kind of like hypnotizes you into doubting yourself. Yeah. And like I don't, I don't want it to to diminish or, or discount how many mean comments I know. I'm sure all of us get within our work. Right. But you know, I kind of look around myself and I'm like, I get the last laugh. Like my body, specifically my vulva, which is the thing that people you know think I'm not a man because I have that right. bought me everything I see around. <laughs> you know, that's the last laugh. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that you said that too. And it reminds me because I've spoken on the podcast the past seasons about this before, but um, I came into sex work in webcam specifically, like coming off of a lot of trauma with an eating disorder. So yeah. me being able to expose myself on cam and like see the feedback, because when you're in a cam setting in a chat room, it's po- most like 99% positive. People are there because they want to see you and whatever. So like being able to do that, that really helped me heal because I got to see myself through other people's lens and how they perceive me as beautiful versus being stuck in my own little loop saying mm-hmm. terrible things you know so i love that you brought that up because like 
sex work has been very healing for me. And I've found a lot of sex workers, they've found healing in sex work. Especially I feel like bodies. it's, yeah, it's like kind of a paradox. I think people out in the world and even within sex work communities feel like sex work is such a like shallow and um, like diminishing one's one sense of self or picking apart every flaw. But no, I've, I've really had the same experience as you that way of like, once I started seeing myself, especially as a man, seeing myself reflected in the eyes of viewers who were also seeing me as a man, you know, validating who I was. Um, and then, you know, getting, getting like, for the first thing for me was like being seen as a man, just like having my gender validated. Yeah. And then going from there of like building confidence, doing different things, saying different things, you know, kind of refining my sense of self always reflected through that viewership. Yeah, I don't think I would have anywhere near the confidence that I, you know, carry through my life now if it wasn't for those experiences. That's so beautiful. You just radiate sunshine, Trip. You're like sunshine <laughs> incarnate. Swear. You're so sweet. <laughs> I love it. I, I hate saying people say infectious because that's like that's true. <laughs> yeah, not in this world. <laughs> it's giving positivity and I'm receiving it. I'm receiving it all. I love that. Yes. Is there anything else that you think that maybe we should address or go over that we didn't kind of touch on? Anything you feel like that we really overlooked? I mean, I, I could talk to you guys all day, so starters. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I felt like maybe when you'd originally reached out about you know having me appear for this, um, there was there was a little bit more talk, and I made some notes that were were about like the the seeking of representation. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like there's a few more things I kind of would love to say about them. Yeah, please. Um, you know, one of one of my challenges as a performer has always been, right? Actually, I would say not as a performer, just as a person more generally, has been trying to balance like reality with aspiration. And what I mean by reality is like living within the capitalist hellscape in which we exist, versus the aspirational of let me make the content, whether it is you know my my non-sex work art or my sex work art, making the content that that empowers me, that you know fills my heart that I think the world should have in like, you know, this broad aspirational philosophical way. Um, and that that is something that I think continues to be a challenge for people of like, what what do we think is going to sell? What is safe to make because we know that it will sell, because we know that that will pay our bills, versus who do we wish to be and how do we wish to push that conversation forward? Um, I don't know if that's something that, you know, relates with either of your experiences, but it, to me it's a central kind of, um, it, it, it's a point that I find myself revolving around, like, how far out can I go? How how much do I push those, those edges and those boundaries of content and persona versus what do I know I have to live with for reality? Yeah. No, I love that you said that because it's funny, uh, especially that you touched on the capitalism aspect of it, because <laughs> so much of what I'll make, like, the market kind of decides because if that's what's selling, like, I still got rent to pay. Like, it's... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so there's definitely this like internal struggle with like, I want to make this really beautiful, really aesthetically pleasing, super cinematic, gorgeous piece of artwork that mm -hmm. I consider like erotica in the way I view it of myself. But then like that doesn't sell because no one cares about it. <laughs> it's like lost on most people. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I show my husband, I'm like, isn't this beautiful? It's like, it's pretty, but I wouldn't jerk off to it. I was like, fine. <laughs> like, <we're... laughs> so yeah, exactly. I, I really. <laughs> And I, you know, I don't, I don't think any of us really have a chance to that beyond like, I mean, I guess what I do is like, I make what I know sells 
for me as a trans guy, um, my audience is mostly gay men who are mostly interested in seeing me with cisgender gay men and mostly seeing me in a bottoming or submissive role. Fortunately for me, I am happy to do those things. I have no objection to them, but it is nowhere near the totality of my interests, abilities, personhood. Um, so it's like, you know, how much, how much queer content, how much bi content, how much of me dominating content can I sprinkle in there to just like, you know, give people a little breadcrumbs that they can follow if they're into that, yeah. or maybe they recognize, hey, I actually am into that, which yeah. is my goal. Um, well, how much is my like bread and butter? No, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying because especially as a black woman, I'm like, should I just make a bunch of like twerk videos this week and like, <laughs> or what? Um, but like, obviously I want to do more than just twerk all day and I don't even have the biggest ask for that. So really. Um, yeah, um, I definitely have felt that pressure, the capitalistic, like, okay, well, this is what is sometimes easiest and expected of me, but then this is also what I want to do and hope to do more of, um, touched on that because especially as marginalized people, we do kind of get into those boxes of what people expect and want out of people that look like us. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, it, it feels like we have obviously all successfully stepped one step away from like the expectations of studio and mainstream. But I don't know if we've all been able to, because I certainly haven't, fully step away from the expectations of like only being this much disruptive. I'm always like, you know, trans men are accepted as long as we are only like in one way different than expected. Once you start adding in, you know, other intersections of a trans man in a bigger body, a trans man in a body with a different skin color, a trans man of different ability, a trans man of different sexual interests, then then the audience is sometimes is like, not always, but sometimes is like, oh, wait, 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 like this is too much. Right. I can only accept this much difference, this much departure. Right. Um, and I, you know, I hope and believe that over time, like how much departure from the expected is accepted is going to increase. But it is still like I have that tether point of I can only go this far out because I have a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that's like literally how I got into GOI content. I started getting requested and then I did one and that's like all they want. And I was like, this was not like why I came. Like, <laughs> does nothing really for me but okay i know right like it's hard to even think of like like sometimes i've gotten into it because i've done so many of them too where i'm just like all right i'm literally just imagining the perfect dick that i'm talking of getting it ready for me you know what you know what kills me is that in my head i'm like no none of the men in my life that i've met follow directions so what yeah, i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> I hard time with it at first too because i'm like oh okay you're really listening to what i'm saying and you're just what whack it any way you want to um i guess it's the fact that we're like paying special attention the whole thing yeah i'm into it now i'm i made I, I found my way of getting into it kind of the same way as a performer when people like hey how can you be attracted to work in a different touch body well you find something about someone that you can cool and you focus more on that and that's the same way with jois well, it's yeah. totally but i find something cool about it and i'm into it now yeah yeah. I like that you said tether though. The way you said tethered is such a visual representation of exactly what you mean. And I that I love that. I love that. So it, you know, I don't mean to be like, you know, sour on it because again, overall I feel like I've got a ton of freedoms and an audience that lets me both do the bread and butter of what I know that they like and also sprinkle in even more surprises, even more diversity in there. But it's it's also like I wish broadly that we could exist within a society within an industry within an economy that let people be a little bit more aspirational without that kind of like every month you know the deadlines and the bills 
to say, you know, it makes it harder to take certain chances. I guess that's what yeah. portals down to. Especially depending on like what your responsibility level is. Like if you have a family to feed, if you have all these other factors. And a lot of sex workers have like a lot of outside of sex work responsibilities. We were disproportionately parents, caregivers, people with disabilities ourselves. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. One of the things too that brings us all together once we kind of realize that about each other. It's like, oh, oh, you're a parent too? Oh, now I, I see this other side of you that are really want to connect with or oh you take care of your your parents too and your grandpa oh okay um, I happen to do the same and it's like it kind of like opens up that barrier where you keep these cards close to yourself and then once you it, it's another sense of community that we are all doing other things behind the scenes that add challenges to our life besides the visual um I guess marginalization that you can just see up front oh totally yeah 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 <laughs> I love that. Is, is there anything else we should touch on before we wrap, before we let people know where they can find all your work, Trent? Well, again, like I said, I could speak to you two lovely people for all day and I'll go years off, but I think I think, I think, think we have the main points. <laughs> I love that. All right. Well, what are your socials and where can everyone find you? Um, I am at triple X trans man everywhere. And that is spelled out T-R-I-P-L-E-X-T-R-A-N-S-M-A-N. That's on Twitter, just for fans, only fans. Porn hub, pretty much any other site. If you if you Google triple X trans man, you'll get there. That do you sell your art anywhere? By the way, oh, I do. I have an Etsy shop. Um, it's Wolfhead Weaving. Love that. Um, yeah, so that's that's like one of my fun little side ventures. So then, anytime I get the interview, who's like, you know, what do you do outside of porn? Do you have something cool? I'm like, oh, as a matter of fact, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I'm gonna buy some of your weaving. That's so cool. Well, thank you for joining us, Trip, and always lovely to talk to you. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll be I'm in touch, I'm sure. Like I said, you're one of my favorite Twitter followers. So, <laughs> oh, thank you. No, always always love speaking to you. Thank you. Who misses free and affordable ads without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly Four is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education, stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms. Their platform, Trist.link, is a refreshing and well-needed change in both presentation and mission. It's free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel supported and encouraged instead of policed. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. And I'm Lotus Lane, and you can find me on all social media at It's Lotus Lane, which is spelled I-T-S-L-O-T-U-S-L-A-I-N.